Hello, welcome to the Oswald Gamer. I'm your host, Rob, and today is a very exciting day because the Battle Scroll update has been released for Age of Sigmar from Games Workshop. The Battle Scroll update is a balance patch. Every three months, they release a balance patch update to the game to make sure that the game is more fair and more playable for you at home. So if some armies are too good, they make sure that they nerf them. And if some armies are too bad, they make sure that they give them two free victory points. It's the it's the it's the perfect uh, the perfect situation. We call it the magenta agenda because anytime they change the rules, they change them in magenta. Now, if you'd like to go find the rules yourselves and go look at them, obviously they're available on the Warhammer community website, which is really exciting. And I am streaming and recording live on Twitch as we do this, which is super cool. Now, we're going to go look at the Battle Scroll update right now. And there are some rules changes uh, and there are also some points changes this is the thing though this isn't the only place where changes do exist for age of sigma in this balance patch there are also a bunch of individual faqs that you can go and find on warhammercommunity.com they're all here however they haven't like put all of those inside the battle scroll update which is a little bit weird so included in the show notes below there is a collated uh, set of these changes. Thank you to ChuckleBuddy for creating those for me. And we can go through all of those and they're all there. So you don't have to open 15 different tabs and you can just do all that in one go. So I really appreciate that. And hopefully you guys appreciate it as well. It'll be in the notes uh, in the video description. Go click it and you can go have that yourself so you don't have to run around. So any changes that you see here in magenta, uh, which is this color, um, are changes that they've made the ones in black are the ones that were made in the last battle scroll update as well um, and then we've got things some pretty big changes like unit unit coherency rally lookout sir which were very very impactful in the game really kind of changed the shape of stuff obviously these also coincided with the release of the last general's handbook which is kind of the match play set of rules it's like a it's like a season uh, which for this edition is going to last for 12 months uh, we are now in the third fourth month and we are going to be going into Age of Sigma 4 next summer. Uh, and so it's going to last for the whole time. So the only way we're going to get kind of like a new evolving meta is from some very significant changes to come from these uh, Battle Scroll updates, which happen every three months. So, okay, let's get into it. And let's look at these changes one at a time. The first changes that they have done are to the General's Handbook, which, as I've said, is the season first one we're going to talk about is rupture which is a spell rupture is a spell which previously let you kind of free or turn wild a incarnate even if it was a friendly incarnate we saw this abused fairly significantly especially from zinch and seraphon armies they've now changed it so that it can only be an enemy incarnate which is amazing and it also reduces the incarnate's level down to a minimum of one I'm, I'm, if you're new, you might not understand what that means, but an incarnate is a scenery piece that Games Workshop sold in addition to Ruin Age of Sigma. Um, and now they've made it so that you can't interact with this spell a little bit more. That's a real positive. It's a huge positive, in fact, because anything you can do to make it so that the incarnate doesn't see play is a bonus in my mind. The next change is to the spell Merciless blizzard so this is a spell so there are three spells that they released with the general's handbook which andorian locuses which are wizards with nine wounds or less that aren't unique can take so they can choose from these like three different spells uh rupture hoarfrost 
and Blizzard. Blizzard is the most common pick. Uh, it's taken all the time, almost every time. And it's a 12-inch range, it's cast on a 12. Now, normally that would be quite difficult, but thanks to the primal dice that you use in this General's Handbook, it does 46 mortal wounds. Now, they've made a change where you cannot cast this spell if that unit has been set up earlier in this phase. The reason that they've done that is because what some armies were able to do were they were able to teleport in the hero phase a wizard, and then they were able to do blizzard. So what Games Workshop have recognized is that Blizzard being able to be done, like teleporting a unit and then doing a Blizzard is destructive to the game. They were able to recognize that doing Blizzard to an enemy unit is bad for the game. And so they've changed it, but they haven't changed it so that you can't do Blizzard, which is still terrible for the game. The reason for that is, is you have the base size of whatever blizzard wizard you're doing, uh, the king gizzards and the blizzard wizards, whichever base size that is, whatever size, let's call it 40 mil. You have a 12 inch range on either side of that, which is effectively a no go area for a large unit, like a monster or, you know, kind of like a, you know, a more elite unit, Stormcaster, a good example, you know, some Fulminators. Some Fulminators will run in and charge into a screen and your blizzard wizard could be up to 12 inches away and then just remove that unit off the board, right? So pretty rough, uh, ultimately. So that's what they've changed uh, from the Blizzard Wizard, is you can't teleport and do it, but they have recognized that you shouldn't be able to do it once you've teleported, so you just shouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> and so I would have loved to have seen that change to, I don't know, like 2d6, 2d3, I think 2d3 even, like because it's just it's really silly it's not scale it doesn't scale well you have a 65 point wizard that can kill like the god of death um which feels really odd it doesn't really like nothing in the game is pointed correctly at that level so that's a really negative change it's really emotional i would expect um it's really emotional in game sorry for players and i would expect tournament organizers to start to ban Bl uh, blizzard as a spell um, because it doesn't add anything to the game. It doesn't do anything where it lifts up the efficacy of like uh, armies that are lower than it. Um, all it does is it takes the armies that can already do really well and then it pushes them even further. So it's not a balancing mechanic. Uh, it's not a fun mechanic. So um, uh, I would expect to see that start being banned at events. The next one is that they just changed no reward without risk feedback overload that's just a battle plan they just changed how that works a little bit it's not that important and they did change how the endless spell malevolent maelstrom changed now endless spells came in incredibly cheap in this ghb if you go back on my youtube and you watch i did an endless spell tier video and i talked about which of these spells are particularly good some of them are in the s tier malevolent maelstrom definitely one of those also geminids up there in the s tier as well crazy good there's been no points changes for any of the endless spells which is absolutely magnificent in an addition where you're getting a lot of spell casting thanks to primal dice so the fact that the the only um, the only endless spell that went up in points was the malevolent maelstrom went up twenty points from thirty to fifty, and they did also change it so that it's not when it's um, it's unbound. The change is that um, it has to have a six next to it in order for it to be ex to it for it to explode. Previously, it could have a lower number and still explode, but now it needs to have a six next to it in order to explode. So it's been nerfed a little bit and the points have gone up on it a little bit, but I would expect to still see it see play because the armies that were able to manipulate and do it well are still there, of course. So I think it will still see play. And then they've also just done some clarity on the Umbral Spell Portal, which lets you expel, extend the spell range 
of certain spells. So those are the kind of uh, overarching, like generic changes that they've made to uh, to Age of Sigma and kind of to the GHB. And they're fairly disappointing, if I'm honest. Re Rupture is a really great change. We love the great change on Rupture, but we hate what's happened with Blizzard. So there we go. So that's that bit. Let's go and look at what they've done to kind of balance the different armies. So to fix the armies, Games Workshop have introduced uh, giving them battle tactics for free. So they haven't really moved a lot of the points around in this uh, kind of balance update. They haven't done a lot of rules changes for different units because that's also something they don't do as well. Um, and whenever they do make point changes, they're fairly uh, soft. And we'll look at those in a bit. And they always have been. So Games Workshop's new kind of process for managing balance, so armies that aren't able to win as much as others, is to start giving them battle tactics, which are effectively free. So they're giving them free victory points. So you just turn up with your army, you're just like, oh, you can just have four victory points because your army isn't very good. And so your army still isn't very good on the tabletop, but you don't lose by as many points, or maybe you even win some games. We saw this actually with the last balance update where we saw the big war armies get two different very easy to achieve battle tactics and because of that big war armies are much more effective their units aren't any better but they score more victory points and we're seeing that again in multiple different ways stormcast eternals have got themselves a uh, new battle tactic secure the battlefield where you just have to have four units one in each large quarter on the board six inches away from enemy units and you score a victory point or two victory points. So it's a battle tactic. It's fairly easy to achieve, which means Stormcast get a few more points. Now, Stormcast also have had some points reductions, specifically to Annihilators, which we'll talk about in a minute, but that which has actually kind of made it quite interesting. Uh, but ultimately, I don't overly love this mechanic for balancing a game, specifically because um, it doesn't really make units better, which is kind of odd. And it also doesn't feel like a war game. Like when you just watch someone deploy four units in the corners and go two points for me feels really kind of at odds with doing a battle uh so there we go um i mean they could also just change rules that would be really good as well luminous realm lords did get some rules changes though and some of these are very specific the first one is about great Na the great nation eumetrica which is a sub faction and that sub faction relates to a lot of the alarith units so stone guard the big mountain monsters and the stone mage previously they had an ability where called enduring rock where if you had like Ren 2 or Ren 1, they would reduce it down to zero. However, if you had Ren 3, that ability was completely negated. In the new update, what they've done is they reduce your Ren down by up to two to a minimum of zero. So if you do now have a Ren, if Ren 2 attack, they'll reduce it down to zero. But if you have a Ren 3, they'll reduce it down to Ren 1. Previously, if you had Ren 3, it just would have been Ren 3. So they've 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 basically buffed them, which is actually really good. And they've kind of like added them in as like, they're better this edition now, and they might see more play. Also following on with that, they've also changed the Deep Thinker's ability, which is also LRL, uh, which is once per battle in your hero phase, this unit can attempt to cast its first spell on that phase. It is automatically cast with a casting roll of nine, do not roll 2d6 and still cannot be unbound what they changed was that that cannot be modified primal dice which is the mechanic that we've got in this ghb add to casting rolls they're known as modifiers so previously you couldn't add a modifier to this so if you give up a cast for one turn you now are immediately going to cast in the next turn on a nine 
and you can add primal dice. So they've increased the effectiveness of spellcasting for some characters in Lumina Throne Lords, and they've made it so that whole Alarith part of the book is better, which is honestly really, really good. So like, I think Lumina Throne Lord stonks are up. It just maybe isn't going to be that like Teclean build that we've seen previously, but that's fine as well. The final change that they've made in the Order Grand Alliance is to Eidneth Deepkin, and this is to the Futhwan sub-faction. This is where you take a bunch of Alapexes or Sharks, and they get taken in a, a group of three called a Bloodthirsty Shiver. What they've done is they've made it so they get exploding sixes on their hits. To read it specifically, you can include Bloodthirsty Shivers in your army if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made by unit in a Bloodthirsty Shiver is a six. That attack scores two hits on the target instead of one. Now, they haven't specified that that is in melee only. So the shooting attacks are now going to get exploding sixes and also the melee attacks. This feels very weird because... If there was to be a competitive build for Adnet Deepkin at the moment, if you were to ask me, and I do the Age of Sigmar stat center every week, it would be all of the Alapexes. So the Alapexes are really quite good. So giving them a buff, I would say that this has just got loads better. So it's also all the sharks, not just one. Thank you, Garu Games in the chat. Yes, correct. It's all of the sharks in the Bloodthirsty Shiver. So the sharks are just better. Huge thumb from me. Uh, so overall quite interesting for grand alliance order i'm not really sure about the stormcast stuff if i'm 100 percent honest just getting a free battle tactic and lrl stonks and deepkin stonks straight away looking at grand alliance chaos we can see that the maggot kin of nurgle have got a new battle tactic it's called don't squabble children and it says pick an objective wholly outside your territory you complete this battle tactic at the end of the turn if you control that objective and any friendly rotbringer units and any friendly nurgle demon units contest that objective that's actually quite confusing for a couple of reasons not number one it says rotbringers and rotbringers actually isn't a keyword if you go and look inside the nurgle faq on the website it does actually say maggotkin of nurgle units or mortal units i think it might just say maggotkin of uh, nurgle units um so rotbringers doesn't count so this is actually like they've copy and pasted this wrong or something like that. So what you actually want to do is go read the actual Nurgle FAQ with the correct information. So this is already wrong. Uh, but what it's effectively saying is two free victory points for Nurgle. You're not doing that well. We recognize that. Two free victory points for you if you can score this battle tactic or we have an easier to achieve battle tactic. Now, Emma, who was in the chat earlier, who's a really good Nurgle player over from the USA, was saying that one of the things that Nurgle needed was an early battle tactic to score, not a later battle tactic to score because it's a battle tactic that you'll do at the end uh, outside of your territory. So you have to, you know, have to be fairly aggressive and move forward. Although Nurgle does want to move forward uh, like onto objectives early as well because it's an attrition playstyle army so that's the nurgle change they also got some significant points drops as well so i think it's worth talking about that in a bit but two victory points skaven also got two free victory points as well in a new battle tactic called uh, i think we can start calling these pity points i think that's a fair way to describe them they got they got uh two pity points in a new battle tactic called flee flee you complete this battle tactic at the end of the turn if any friendly skaven battle line unit retreated this turn and any friendly skaven heroes retreated this turn uh, so uh, just some pity points for achieving something like running away with Skaven. Skaven also got some points drops as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. They also changed the Grace Seer on Screaming Bell and the Plague Priest on the Furnace so that they no longer need units around them to be able to push uh, around. 
they pretty much never saw any play uh, since uh, their book got released uh, because, uh, like specifically those units, the Screaming Belt and the Plague Furnace, because it was so difficult to manage units around. Also, when the Skaven book was released, it was a copy and paste of the second edition book into the third edition book. So it did not have the kind of like massive change that we saw from the Sylvaneth book or the Slaves to Darkness book. So it's been an army that's been struggling a long time because its war scrolls are really old. They don't not really been thought about. They don't have any sub-faction allegiance abilities either. Uh, so maybe the two pity points will help them uh, a little bit. Finally, Slaves to Darkness got a little bit of a change on their Kabbalist Blasphemous Rituals. And this is where you would be able to cast a spell on 3d6, not 2d6. Previously, you could do it with wizards that didn't have the Eye of the Gods rule, uh, sorry, keyword on their war scroll, but now they've changed it, so it has to have the Eye of the Gods word on as well. So this isn't really going to affect anyone outside of Slaves to Darkness players that were running Kabbalist armies, but it's going to affect them a little bit. Uh, but they did get some pretty great points drops, so actually this isn't going to really like affect Slaves to Darkness, which weren't doing, they were doing fine anyway, uh, but I think Slaves to Darkness stonks are through the roof, which is pretty exciting. Looking at the Death Grand Alliance, we've got some changes specifically to the scary OCR Bone Reapers uh, and Soulblight Gravelords. First up, Nighthaunt though, they got their grand strategy changed a little bit, so they might be able to achieve their grand strategy. One of the things that is really true in Age of Sigmar at the minute is that some armies don't score battle tactics as well as other armies. Some armies can effectively do five battle tactics without engaging with their opponent. On top of this, some armies also have grand strategies, which also require no interaction with their opponent and will score them three victory points, which is quite a lot at the end of a battle. A game is pretty much maxed out at 28 victory points. Some battle plans change. So three out of 28 is pretty significant. While there are some armies that are getting pity point updates, they have done nothing to address the imbalance in grand strategies. So some armies are just doing really badly just because their battle tactics and grand strategies aren't bad in this case they think that the night haunt one is bad enough that it needs changing and so they've changed it a little bit the change isn't particularly important ocr bone reapers have had a big nerf in this update they have nerfed the healing and recursion that is available from the um from the from Catacross, from Arcan, and from Bone Shaper as well, as well as the Artisan Key. So previously, you were able to, on a 3-plus, return an Immortis Guard or a Necropolis Stalker to a unit. They have now changed that so that on a 3-plus, you return one model, and that model has one wound, sorry, four wounds allocated to it. So it's only got one wound left. Whereas, so as previously, before this update, you could return up to four Immortus Guard to a unit, and OCR Bone Reapers players, before you shout at me, I know that you had to roll four three-ups. I think you had to roll five three-ups in a row, but now you're only going to return one. Is going to probably spell the death knell to the Immortus Guard kind of brick, as well as there being some points changes. However, there is still some really good lists that didn't require Immortus Guard to play and do all that healing. Specifically, we saw a load of Death Riders see some play as well which I think is still going to be good. And also, they've done some points drops on Mortec Guard. We'll talk about that in a minute. And I think that they're still going to be in a great place. So while one particular build of, um, of the OBR has been affected, and it quite rightly has been affected as well, because it was so offensively good, it now has some other options to play around, which I think is good as well. 
Uh, if we're talking about lore, the Soulblight Gravelords, they've had a change to something called Spirit Gale, which is a spell that if you cast it, every unit in the enemy army took a mortal wound. And if you cast it on a 9+, every uh, unit in the enemy army took two mortal wounds. Pretty good. <laughs> so they've changed that now so that if you cast it, then three units in the enemy army take one mortal wound. And if you cast it on a 9+, six units in the enemy army take a mortal wound. Obviously, with Primal Dice... The fact that you could cast this so successfully was pretty horrible. So people were just taking army wine, two plus mortal wounds. So getting that changed is really, really good. Looking at Grand Alliance Destruction, there are no changes. Zero changes to Grand Alliance Destruction, uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. Big War doing much better thanks to the pity points that they got in the last um, Battle Scroll update. War Clans about to get a brand new kind of update in the harbingers book which is coming out this saturday we are also going to see um a new trog list as well gloomspike gets doing absolutely fine uh ogres i would have loved to have seen some points changes for ogres but we've seen nothing from ogres which is a bit of a shame uh so destruction just kind of left out but they are getting two new army archetypes literally in a couple of days uh, as well as um uh you know some options for allies and stuff so like and they're doing better than they were like that's also a really fair point they were they're doing better than they were in the last kind of like battle like scroll pass so they're being left alone which is kind of interesting i'd love to know what you think time to look at the points and some of them are interesting and some of them don't really mean very much the big thing to take away from the idea deepkin points change is the fact that the leviathan has come down 30 points mix this in with the fact that the Alapexes have probably got better and things like Volturnus and the Achillean King have come down, you might be able to fit one more unit in. Point changes are only really important if you can have a unit less or a unit more in an army list. And so the point changes here might generate one more unit for Deepkin. Probably not. The, the Bloodthirsty Shiver change is more important. Seraphon, the Slant Star Master went up 15 points, which is honestly really hilarious they have no concept about what makes seraphon crazy good absolutely crazy good the slam was always taken specifically with the same loadout all the time an artifact called the space folder staff which lets you set up a unit outside of seven inches worth of, instead of nine inches and also uh the celestial the command trait celestial summons or com com cosmic call points so basically it doubled how many cosmic uh, points or how many summoning points the seraphon were able to get it's an auto copy and paste that you put on every slan uh and so putting them up 15 points is pretty comical but i would love people to say that he's unplayable now because it's the most insane thing uh so seraphon stonks are massively up the fact that they avoided all nerfs is pretty pretty crazy stonkast eternals uh stonks are up on these i would say uh all of the changes are pretty nothing burgers because reducing down stormstrike chariot by 10 points if you were to take three stormstrike chariots you would save yourself 30 points which is still not enough to remotely get another unit if you were to take six then you get 60 points still not enough to get another unit um and so they, it only really changes if you take like I don't know lots of something like a praetor so you have so many that you get enough points back so it doesn't really stack where it does stack is in annihilators annihilators and annihilators with grand hammers have both come down 20 points and you can take a crazy amount of annihilators now at 150 points for three uh which i think is just very 
very cool. The Lord Imperitant, which is pretty vital for them as well, that lets them deploy outside of seven inches, has also come down 20 points. I think all of these are new um, kits that they released either in Dominion or kind of following up from there as well. So they just want you to buy the Dominion models. Uh, they probably uh, didn't sell enough of those boxes. And seeing as we're getting towards the new edition of Age of Sigmar, well, next year, they've probably got a bunch of back order to get rid of. So Annihilators and Annihilators with Meteoric Grand Hammers. But you've got a legitimate a legitimate army list there, I think. And I'm, I can't wait to kind of start theory crafting that later in the week. Heathlights and Nash were doing kind of okay. Uh, I think Games Workshop think that they were doing better than they were. They absolutely weren't doing as well as they thought. One of the things that we saw most from Heathlights was taking Bliss Barb Archers and spamming them. But they just are a good battle line unit. If you watched my video where we talked about different Age of Sigmar armies and army archetypes, being able to project power Bliss Barb Archers as a battle line unit versus, say, Demonettes, they're just much more effective. They're not charging in, so they're not getting hit back, and they just have a larger threat range. So Bliss Barb Archers are just very effective, and they've gone up 10 points. This isn't going to affect you much, apart from the people that were taking, like, 80, but then the list is only changing by 80 points. It's not actually that much. Bliss Barb Seekers were also a unit you saw all the time, so 10-point change, whatever. Uh, Fiends are down, Painbringers are down, and Fiendbloods are down, but they're not down enough because they're bad, so you're not going to take them even if they're 20 points cheaper. Slick Blade Seekers are going up, which feels a little bit unfair. One of the core ways that Sinesh generate their depravity points or their points is by doing combat. So Keeper of Secrets is already a high cost to be able to pile an attack twice which I think is, uh, like, which would help you generate those depravity points faster. And you would do those on Slick Blade Seekers because they can move really quick. So shoot out a screen with the Blissbub Archers, charge those in. We saw that a lot of worlds. They haven't done that. And also a lot of players have been pivoting to using things like Glutos and also Sigvald to be able to generate all of that depravity. So I don't think that's going to be effective as well. And the epitome has gone up from 230, from 210 to 230. You're still going to see the epitome in every single list with the same loadout, uh, Strength of Godhood and the Crown of Dark Secrets every single time. Um, so I think Sinesh are fine. There's no change there that's affected them. So they're good, uh, which is lovely. Magikin is quite interesting, actually. Uh, some of the Magoth Lords have gone down, like Blob and the Great Unclean One have gone down 20 points. Those are pretty nominal, uh, in my personal opinion. Glockin has gone down to 580 points, which is honestly legit. One of the lists that we've seen do really well at the minute uh, for Nurgle has been all three of the Magoth Lords and the Glockin. So that list has got nearly 100 points cheaper, which is quite fun as well. Don't forget, they just gained access to a new battle tactic, which is quite fun. But I got to shout out the 10-point change on Plague Bearers. Plague Bearers are two wounds each for a unit of 10. It's 120 points for 20 wounds with a 5-up ward save. Feels like we're about to be in new zombie territory. Like, and they're very easy to paint up. And you've also got Sloppity Barpiper, Stop Parlins. I actually think Nurgle are better, uh, but it's a miserable list. Skaven have had some nominal points drops on the Screamer Bell, the Hell Pit Abomination. As pointed out by the chat earlier, the Hell Pit Abomination is actually... An incredibly powerful combat monster but it's got variable damage and it's incredibly weak like it won't survive anything like it's very fragile and frail like my nerves at the end of this battle scroll update so the help it abomination is kind of interesting at 180 points it's a monster it can go in and delete stuff but it'll probably just get shot off the board warp lightning cannon down points as well it 
but it pays 10 points so it doesn't do anything skaven i think is just trash like they were previously like i love skaven as a as a as a miniature range as a, a scheme and i think skaven if like if you were to look back at age sigma 3 skaven are the uh, army that games which i cared least about but knowing that skaven are going to be the launch box for um age of sigma 4 it really lets you know that they were like we're doing this in a couple of years let's not try hard so there we go saves of darkness Chose again down 10 points. Uh, Chaos Warriors came down 20 points. Theradons came down 10 points. And Varangard came down 10 points. Varangard in multiples are still really good. The coherency change in the last Battle Scroll update made uh, Varangard are all already really solid. Coming down 10 points is good because you could take multiple units of Varangard um, and then being able to take more and more of them is really good as well. Theradons going down 10 points is pretty good because Theradons and Chaos Warriors, we'll talk about Theradons exclusively first, coming down. They're a unit of three for 150 points. Six Theradons with the marker corn will delete loads of stuff. Very, very good. But they're just squishy. They're just very fragile. They'll get hit back pretty aggressively. So, but that's pretty good with the Theradons. But I got to say, a massive win is Chaos Warriors coming down uh, by 10% and coming down 20 points from 200 to 180. 10 Chaos Warriors on an objective are very tough to shift very tough it's 20 wounds with a three up armor save in comparison the new ard boys war scroll which came out yesterday is 220 points for the same profile 20 wounds on across 10 models on a three up armor save uh or um cruel boys and uh, their infantry unit is 180 points for a unit of 10 with two wounds each but they have a five up armor save don't forget also chaos warriors have got the runic spell shield so they've got a five up against mortal wounds uh, which is really good as well you can give them a mark of nurgle so they're minus one rend into them oh, oh no sorry minus one to be wounded and also you can give them the icon so they're minus one to be wounded i 100 percent think that there's a chaos warrior list in there maybe with maybe playing hammer and anvil with the theradons which i think is really interesting probably movement is their problem if you need to have a problem with them but i think they're very good uh very very good uh which is quite interesting uh like and then we have nighthorn uh yeah crawl boys might be down to 150 actually but either way uh so nighthorn very interesting blade guys revenants have come down 20 points and dreadside harridans have come down 20 points and lady alinda down 40 points i was actually really really excited about this uh points change specifically for harridans because they can do loads of attacks and with hoarfrost now you can stack it on then someone else in the chat pointed out quite rightly that the problem with nighthorn isn't that they have units that aren't very good is that they don't have scalable units because their attacks are almost exclusively one inch range and they're on 32 mil bases so maximizing how many attacks you can get out of these nighthorn units is actually quite low they also struggle to score battle tactics and while their grand strategy has changed they just still don't have any pity tactics or pity points so i'm not really sure nighthorn have really improved in any way ocr bone reapers um is interesting they put the death riders up 10 points there's a legit death riders list that works really really well either in crematoriums um or in mortis praetorians which has done really well over the past few months it still works really well loads of death riders and then catacross the mortark of the necropolis has gone up 40 points um catacross pretty much auto include he's still an auto include he's an army-wide plus one to hit plus one to save steals command points off your opponent is good in a fight does healing he's everything that you want he's still amazing for 500 points so that's fine but the big winners 
is the Gothazar Harvester and the Mortec Guard. Mortec Guard had come down 20 points, so it's 130 points for 10 wounds on a 4-up save, but with Catacross, it'll be a 3-up save. You could heal back into them really effectively. Uh, the Harvester can heal back into them as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see hordes of Mortec Guard uh, being played. They can still have a 2-up spell ignore if you want to put them in that, in that sub-faction. Um, not played often, according to Games Workshop. And finally, Soulblade Gravelords took the biggest nerf that they could get and that is belladama went up 20 points deadwalker zombies went up 30 points and that's the big win his zombies going up 30 points you would sometimes see uh up to uh five or six units uh, of zombies going up which means you're adding like 180 points onto that list uh but sometimes you wouldn't see as many sometimes you wouldn't see as many uh, so you are having a significant impact, not including the fact that the corpse cart went up, which you would also already see, Belladama went up, um, which you already would see, and then Gorslav the Gravekeeper went up as well, and Torgillus the Chamberlain went up. All of these are pretty monumental in the zombie list that you played for Soulblight Gravelords. However, there are some already amazing other lists. Double Dragon, so Vampire Lord, Zombie Dragon, that's Ethereal, and another Dragon is really, really good and will still see you play, in my personal opinion. Um, Graveguard is still really good. They went up 10 points, but they're fine. Um, so while maybe the Zombie uh, build has been nerfed, nerfed, not defeated, because I still think you can have a lot of Zombies. And ultimately, those Zombies are Zombies that return back like half a unit pretty consistently so I, I don't think that it's as auto win as it was previously but i still think it will still do really 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 well um and that's not the only list there's has been pointed out in the chat there's black knight lists which are really really good blood knights are still very good um and we'll see lots of play as well skeletons are also very very good uh, and you can see that death Rock skeletons went up by 10 points but skeletons are also really good and their recursion on the skeletons is actually even stronger than it is on zombies because you can heal them back and then when they do finally die you can bring the whole lot back which is pretty crazy so to review the kind of like points changes uh there's some definite some winners and losers i'm going to do a tier show everything post battle scroll on what i think is a winner and a loser and also a tier list which i think is um uh, which I think is really, really, uh, is going to be really helpful. I hope it's going to be really helpful. Sorry, I was talking a lot there. And I hope this video was helpful as well, kind of condensing all that information down. Now, I haven't sounded super positive about some of those changes because some of those changes aren't overly positive in my personal opinion. But there are some big winners. I think that's worth talking about and also some big losers. So I'm just going to hit you up with some of kind of my thoughts, um, kind of like in the post and see how you feel about it. Number one, the way it was presented why was it magenta over pink this is so weird this is really weird uh and not very accessible for people so i find that to be very very weird uh why were there no endless spell changes it's a really weird one uh apart from maelstrom some of them are so good uh why weren't all the changes in one document why did we have to do that it's another weird thing as well um why do things like the black coach catacross and glutos who, that aren't monsters still only count as two for holding objectives which is weird why wasn't corn touched corn is such a good army at the minute like maybe the best army at the minute uh, okay um also why are zombies 150 points why are zombies 
150 points because they're pointed now they're like they're an elite unit and they should just be 80 points and rubbish they should just be like i've got 20 zombies because they just stand in the way like that's what their job should be just to be rubbish it shouldn't be you actually can take a lot of zombies and they're very good it's a very weird flex in my personal opinion like so that's an odd one um like yeah super zombies they're now they're like elite they're pointed like they're elite because their rules are elite uh, and also, why is the avatar of Kane still a behemoth, <laughs> but on a 40 mil base? Please make sense of that for me. Anyway, I'd love to know what you think about the battle scroll changes uh, from you. So do leave uh, any comments that you can, either on YouTube or as a podcast or anything like that, which is all these will go out on. I'd like to know what you'll think. I'm really interested. Do you care about balance patches? Do you think they don't do a good job? Do you not really care? Are you excited? Uh, I'd love to know what you all think. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you to everyone on the Oswald Gamer Patreon for making it so I can make these videos. Thanks to everyone in the chat. They're the best. Hope you're all great. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Look after yourselves. Bye.